It's six o'clock. You know what that means. Coffee with Craner episode, episode 93. We're on our way to 100, and I have Dave Hunter on the show today. And I have to say before I even start, this is the second Dave Hunter I've had (laughs) (laughs) on the podcast. I had Dave from uh, Dave and Chuck the Freak, and now we have Dave Hunter from The Drive Magazine, Vice President of Sales and Marketing, and also the founder of The Ride to Survive, uh, which is an incredible uh, initiative that's happening right now as we speak, and we'll be talking about it a bit more uh, in a few minutes here. But it's all benefiting transition to betterness, and there's a really cool story attached to it. But Dave, thanks for joining the show today. I appreciate it. Lyndon, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the show, so thank you. <laughs> and if you're a big fan, then what's what's my first question? So what kind of coffee and where do I get it from? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> well, so, here we go. So I, I, I queued this one up because this one's really easy. Um, it's a little bit more difficult for me to get it because now our offices are in Bell River as opposed to being downtown, which they were for years and years. Um, but I am and always will be a fan of the coffee exchange on Olette Avenue. Um, okay. their, their coffee, their flavored coffee, notably the butter pecan is to die for. And they serve it all the time and it is phenomenal and the service is great. And I'm a big supporter of supporting local. Obviously, I mean, there's big chain coffee that's fantastic. That that if I were to choose a secondary, it'd be Starbucks, of course. I'm a blonde fan, but the uh, the, the choice of, of preference is definitely uh, the coffee exchange. Okay, no, it's I've been there a few times. I haven't tried the the uh, the pecan. What was it? What was it again? Butter pecan. Butter pecan. Have not tried that, but it, it sounds delicious. I, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of pumpkin spice anything. So I'm glad you said pecan, not pumpkin. So yeah, no, I won't go. I won't go down that path either. <laughs> Although it's probably coming out right now, you know, the end of summer, the pumpkin spice is. latte fans are are everywhere right now. There's a lineup for it. Yeah. There's a lineup for it. <laughs> and uh, I guess jumping into the the real question of the show uh, and a real set of questions, uh, you're at the Drive Magazine, and and for those watching, it's it's right. There's a few right behind them actually, um, but it's it's the top. Uh, editorial magazine uh, in YQG in Windsor Essex, and it's it's all about showcasing phenomenal stories, uh, leaders in the community, people doing great things. Uh, Dave, how is this magazine publishing industry? And I know you've been been in it for a bit. How has this been changing uh, that you've noticed so far? You know what? It hasn't, to be honest with you. The the mm-hmm. the pivot, if you will, from from print to digital has been pretty um, pretty safe for us to, to, to be able to, to produce a magazine that people still want to pick up. People want to read, they yeah. want to feel it. They like things of tangible substance, right? As much as Kindles and laptops and, and iPads and phones are great for digital, it doesn't have the same feeling, right? So we've been fortunate enough to be able to do what we do with this magazine since 2000. Uh, you know, we do it with the utmost professionalism and, and thank you for everything you said about the drive because you know, we work very hard and our team works very hard to make this impactful. And we we have uh, just an a, a A-list cast of team members that help us do that issue after issue after issue. And I'm very grateful for the team that we have. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the drive is just, I just think of, of, of quality when you, when you look at the magazine and just the last issue with Kona Sushi on the front, you have Phil and the team just it, it, great visual and, and illustration of of their business and 
it's, you know, it just pops out on the shelf, right? Thank um, you. How does, how are you able to really stand out as, as a magazine publisher? Is it just pure creativity and, it's, it's, and flair? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's thinking, it's, it's forward thinking, right? How do I do it better than everybody else? Um, you know, I have 25 years invested into this print uh, industry, 22 with the drive. And, you know, obviously the, the planning, not necessarily just myself, obviously, because we have, uh, you know, a, a big team behind us. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, there's a lot of moving parts to the drive, but as an entrepreneur, as somebody who, who sees things, you know, differently than, than somebody who's just, you know, doing it as a job, I, I see the opportunity to do it bigger and better, right? I see it to, to what's going to better the community. How can I create a story and working with my writers who are, you know, phenomenal and, and guiding them to do a story that's impactful, that has meaning, that has purpose, that when you're done reading that story, it's going to leave you wanting more. It's going to be like, wow, wow, that I had no idea. Or, you know, it was just, um, there's a lot of, a, a lot of great things that we do that just keep people coming back, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate and same with the photography too, right? The, one of the biggest things that we pride ourselves on is that, you know, we take our own photos. We don't rely on stock photos. We don't rely on, mm -hmm. you know, photos that are not produced locally. Right. My photo or our photo budget rather um, is is pretty extensive compared to anybody. And I would put I'd put that against any other magazine when it comes down to what we pay our photographers, because you get what you pay for. Yeah. And, you know, when you said it, it's about quality, when you pick it up, it's about the paper. That means everything to myself, to my partner, to to all of the people that work for this magazine, because they put their heart on their sleeves you know, five days a week, some seven days a week. And it shows, right? It's not just the job. And it, it, it never really has been just the job for me. It's been like a child. I have a daughter who's 24 and she, you know, she got into watching me into this when she was only two years old now. And now we're 22 years, you know, down the road and it's just getting better. You know, it's like a fine yeah. one. It gets better with age and it really does because it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's easier for me to to do what I do when we have good people behind it, and we're only mm -hmm. as good as the people that work with us, right? And that's I can say that until I'm I'm blue in the face, but it, it really does make that much of a difference. It's not a it's not a, a, a one man one woman opportunity. This is a group effort that makes this magazine a powerhouse, and there's nobody in the city that can touch what we do, guaranteed. Now, how how closely related it, you have the title of uh, VP of of sales and marketing, I believe uh, managing partner as well. Uh, how closely related is 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 marketing and sales to the journalism industry? Well, I mean that's that was my my love as a, even as a kid. I can remember certain jingles from growing up in Sarnia and remembering certain television commercials like Walt Lazar Chevrolet or Mel Far. Now I'm really dating myself, uh, <laughs> but I remember the the impactful. Um, impactful commercials and i thought that that'd be really cool to get into something like that to to better a business and and obviously the more impactful and more memorable that that commercial or that advertisement is mm -hmm. the more you're going to be attracted to it so applying that i guess drive if you will for lack of better uh into the print world it was an easy transition and you know i love 
I love journalism. I, I, I personally don't enjoy writing. I can, but I don't enjoy it. Um, I can, I can put a campaign together uh, with some of the best of them. I can put an effective campaign together with our creative department. I have some of the best designers. We have some of the best designers, sorry, for, for uh, our industry. We have three designers that, that, that champion this publication issue after issue. And, you know, we, we really benefit by the level of experience combined two of them, actually all three of them have agency level experience. So they've worked for national agencies or national um, publications or, or, or something of that sort where they've, they've come from the big picture, right? It's not just somebody putting a logo, a photo address and website on a piece of paper. They get the idea of what that uh, message is for that client. And that's, that's what I love doing. And, and before we, we spoke, you mentioned your first sales job. Can you talk a little bit about that again? <laughs> so my first sales job when I moved to Windsor was at Foot Locker. I was pumping out Air Jordans and Reebok pumps like they were going out of style. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a year and a half of wearing a referee jersey while, you know, working with some of the, some of the you know, funniest people I've ever met, worked with. Um, learned a lot. Uh, obviously, retail and, and um, you know advertising sales are a little bit different, but you know it's it's funny how things kind of segued to where they are at in mm -hmm. uh, in life, right? I, I told you before we went live that I came to Windsor wanting to be a police officer and chose a different path while in journalism at St. Clair, and it's because of being in that classroom at that time and approaching the publisher of the magazine at that time in the hallway. Uh, saying, hey, you know, I heard what you said, but are you really looking for somebody to to sell? He's like, drop off your resume. Basically dusted me for about a week and then finally gave me a call after and said, yeah, you know, come on in well, for an interview. And here we are, you know, 20, 25 years later, I've been doing this for 50% of my life. I'm 47 now and I started this when I was 20, 23 and change. So, you know, 25 years in, in, in the business and, you know, just all the different types of sales roles you had leading up to it, Foot Locker, the Drive, um, things like that. Was there any, you know, if you could kind of recap, maybe for some people that are watching that are in, interested in sales, uh, are there like a top three sales and marketing techniques that you would really recommend to somebody? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you got to be honest. You have to know what you're, you're selling and, and believe in what you're selling because that comes across in your body language that comes across in your speech that comes across in your your in your in your i guess eyesight when you're talking with the client uh potential client and have fun really just that you have to have fun and i think that's where i've been fortunate enough in my career that i've been able to make friends and become friends with just about every client that i've ever had in and whether mm -hmm. they're whether they're current or they're no longer in business or they retired, we still communicate. And that to me is very important because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, businesses that I've seen come and go over the duration of the time that I've been doing the drive. Like I, I went through our first issue back in November of 2000, when we had Karen Plunkett from, um, which was then she was the CEO of Walkerville brewery. And in that issue of a 32 page magazine, 98% of the advertisers that are that were in that book are no longer in business. So, you know, and we still keep in contact with those with those people. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, 
when, when, when you're a salesperson and you're, you're involved with what that business entails, like I'm, I like try to, I try to immerse myself into the mind of the business owner, not the mind of the salesperson. So when I come in and I sit down with somebody who owns a, a car dealership per se, you know, I can, I can do an ad that shows a picture of a car and I can give you their address and give you the phone number, and give you their website, but coming up with a concept that, that makes you think and creating a different spin on it is, is where it intrigues me. Right. And to be able to, to go into a, a company, you know, body language, positive attitude, and just have fun. I mean, really that, that goes a long way. Now, all these, all these different types of, of, of skills and techniques, honesty, building relationships, um, all the things that you mentioned, it almost sounds like this, you know, should, I guess my question would be, do you think that sales, like a sales course or something should be mandatory, let's say in, 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 in the classroom because of how closely related sales could, can relate to, I guess, any type of industry uh, that you're going into, whether it's you're putting yourself up for a job offer uh, in an interview. Right. Like, I feel like there's so many things that relate. Well, there, there are, there are professionals out there that do teach courses and some of mm -hmm. our staff have taken some of these uh, courses, courses like the uh, Sandler training, which I hear is very effective. Um, I personally did not. Um, my, my, I call it gift of gab um, has been my, has been my technique. And, and, you know, I just think I, I, you know, there, it's hard. It's hard to answer that question. Do I think that it, it's going to be mandatory? Do I think it's going to be beneficial? That's hard to say. It depends on the individual, right? Yeah. If if the person is a very, if you're a very outgoing individual, if you have a good sense of humor, if you have good communication skills, if you if you can, you know, uh, just communicate either on the telephone through email. Obviously, you know, your your writing skills are 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 very important when when selling um, yep. you know you your your capable capabilities of, of doing this online right and feeling comfortable to speak to somebody in front of a a computer camera or a webcam um you know that that goes a long way and it just i i think that that depends on the individual it's very very uh individualized speaking in front of a camera is much easier than a large group of people which is which is why i like these virtual interviews yeah, yeah, they're fun, right? Because yeah, the only the only difference is we, we can't go back if I screw anything up because it's live, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to be on your toes for sure. That's it. Um, now, just moving on a bit to uh, the next question, you've interviewed dozens of people. How many interviews is the drive done? Oh man, uh, well we, we're we're at our hundred and forty fifth issue. Wow. Um, right now, which is pretty wild. Uh, I can remember every single cover. And we were having this conversation at our last meet and greet at Rochester Place. Uh, as some of the clients were coming in, Wayne Dupie was issue 48 and uh, Rose and Bernie Neal were issue 34. Like I just remember like the 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 issue cover numbers um, for certain certain people, you know, Pat Duchamp yeah. was issue 33. Um, <laughs> there's certain things that you remember. I guess, you know, some of the some of the really cool um, interviews that we've done man i mean we've done so many so i would i would say we, we we've got the opportunity we had the opportunity to interview rip hamilton from the pistons after they won their championship back in wow. oh boy this would have been uh 2006 2007 i i 
don't quote me, but um, you know, we were able to go and, and photograph him for a cover of the magazine in Beverly Hills, Michigan, while he was at a basketball school. It was really cool. Uh, Darren McCarty uh, for the Red Wings, we shot on the cover. Um, man, interviewed a ton, a ton of A-list bands. My personal favorite band, and, and some people might disagree with me, is, is Three Doors Down. Um, and this is this is a great story. So I actually reached out to Brad Arnold, who is the lead singer of Three Doors Down, on MySpace. <laughs> MySpace wow. hasn't been around in, ooh, I'm going to guess, probably 15 plus, maybe maybe even longer years. And that uh, that actually led to me going backstage with one of my photographers and shooting him and interviewing him at DTE, which is now Pine Knob, in, in the back green room, which was pretty cool. Um, wow. Ian, Ian Anderson from... Uh, Jeff Rotal, the lead singer of Jeff Rotal, was was very near and dear because that was one of the last concerts that I had brought to my dad before he passed away at uh, Caesars, and and it was very memorable. Um, and you want to talk about a very nice uh, scholar gentleman. I mean, very very chatty, very open. He was not rushed for time. It was a lot of fun. I mean, there's there's so so many so well, over 140, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of local people, but there's there's a lot of um, you know a, a lot of A-list and 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 uh, celebrity type. Colin Fiore, you know, from Windsor, who grew up in Windsor, uh, is an actor who is has been in countless movies. A lot that most people um, may or may not have seen. Uh, some of all fears. He's huge in Stratford. He and his wife live in Stratford full time. Um, Man, you put me on the spot. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, just, there's, there's a lot. There's, there's yeah. a lot. And, and it's really cool because, you know, you, you go back, here's another celebrity. So Dave Hunter, <laughs> the other Dave Hunter. Uh, I reached out to Dave for my 101st because the radio station is 101. Um, and Dave and Chuck invited us over to the radio station. I believe it was in Southfield uh, to the Beasley station. And I'll tell you. Uh, I first met Dave and Chuck in 2000. Our second cover of The Drive was uh, Dean Blundell, who then was the host of the Dean and Kelly show on 89X. And Chuck and Dave would uh, obviously read the news, the sports, and, and some of the uh, the weather and stuff. And I remember meeting meeting the four of them in this little office on Olette. And I was kind of just like, man, this, this is a very small office for four people. you know. And now speed up to to the transition of to where Dave and Chuck are now in yep. Detroit. I mean, they've got the number one morning radio show uh, in Detroit. They're syndicated in Boston. They're syndicated in Florida. You know, I couldn't be more proud of them. They, it's they're 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 good people. Um, you know, obviously well, he has Dave the same is, name as you. Of course, he's, he's well. It was it was funny because when I first when I first moved to uh, Windsor, it was probably right around the same time. I think that Dave had moved, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't believe Dave was from. The Windsor area originally, I think he moved down here from another station. Um, but as as things started to progress for his career, you know, it was always, hey, I heard you on the radio. Hey, I love your show. I think you guys are so funny. And finally, I just threw my hands in the air. And I'm like, it's not me. Like, it's, not, it's not me. I wish it was sometimes because I think we could have a lot of fun. But no, they're, uh, they're they're ambassadors to the to the industry. And it's, it was a privilege to go to their their um, station and 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 actually see what they have compared to what they used to have, which I mean, was, <laughs> you know, like it was basically night and day, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it goes to show when you, when you come over to a big company, just how big 
you know, when you have a, a, a very big budget, what that budget will do for not only equipment, but for your actual office furniture, for your studio, for your equipment, it's it's pretty wild. So, you know, hats off to, to Dave and to Chuck for doing what they do because they do it very, very well, better than everybody. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, now, just going on to a little bit about the ride to survive. It's going on right now. Uh, you're, you're the founder of it. It, you know, we can, we can share some news over 130,000 raised so far. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and that's just this year, I believe. Yeah, you're right. So I'll give you, a, I'll give you the, the, the Coles note. So I had started the ride to survive in 2003, uh, with the intention of riding by myself across various parts of Ontario. Uh, it was almost 700 kilometers and I had reached out to Rob Pula, who is the owner of Kinetic Connection. I reached out to Rob and said, hey, Rob, you want to sponsor me? I'm going to ride my bike across Ontario by myself. He said, no, you're not. I'm going to ride with you. I said, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, he rode with me. He has been my co-founder now, even though it was my idea. I mean, I did a lot of a lot of things with Rob. Uh, Rob is, is my partner in this thing. He is my savior because if it wasn't for him pushing me in that first year, I would never have made it out alive. <laughs> The, uh, you know, 2003, 2004, 2005 were the first three years that we that we did the ride. Um, and I think collaboratively, collectively, we did a total of probably around $75,000 in those three years back then. Wow. And then in, in 2005, everybody kind of disbanded and it was time for us to kind of move on. Some people got married, some people had job changes, moved out of the country, and we just kind of lost track of, of time. And in 2020... Amber Hunter, the executive director of T2B, who is Dave's wife, wife yes. uh, is, is a phenomenal human being. Her staff are phenomenal people. She reached out. She said, Dave, I need your help. Uh, COVID has kind of, you know, killed us for our fundraising efforts because we can't do the gala. We can't do this. We can't do that. Will you think about bringing the ride to survive back? And I said, you know what? I'm probably about 45 to 50 pounds heavier than I was back then. Um, a little bit older, obviously. And I'm like, well, it's not going to hurt to do it. It's if it's anything, I'll I'll lose weight and you know I'll get my my uh, mojo going again and let's let's you know sure why not right? So we brought it back and in 2020 we raised 183 thousand dollars. Wow! In that one year alone during a pandemic, which still gives me goosebumps to think about it because it's pretty wild to think of you know what some businesses were going through, um, the challenges. And, and the uncertainties of, of even staying in business for a lot of mm -hmm. companies, right? So just to show you the type of support that this community is and has is beyond impressive. The uh, level of experience and, and, and just, you know, everything that goes into to transition to betterness obviously added some value to what we were doing with the ride. So I think that partnership and that marriage became very easy for people to say, you know what? Yes, we're going to donate 2000. We're going to donate 5,000. We're going to donate 10,000. Well, we had, we had a, um, one of our writers, his brother donated 25,000 us, uh, which was absolutely phenomenal, um, two years in a row. And last year we thought, you know, okay, it's going to be comparable as we started to get towards the, the end of the, um, the fundraising campaign. And we were at about 110,000 uh, going into the, the last two weeks of the event um, before the, the fundraising closed. And lo and behold, it just like overnight, boom. And we were up to 140. Then we're up to 150. And then we're up to 160, 70, 80, 90. And we're like, oh my goodness, like, well, what's going on? 
And yeah. we, ended up, we ended up closing off last year at $193,000, which is, again, I shake my head and just kind of pinch myself because it's just crazy to think that, you know, what started off as just a couple of guys riding around Ontario on pedal bikes has, has blossomed into this powerhouse fundraiser for a powerhouse charity. And right now, again, we have two weeks left almost until the, or just under two weeks, um, until the ride, which is on September the 18th. And we are at a hundred, just over $130,000 and counting. So I think we're, we're in a very good position to say that by the end of this fundraiser, we will have surpassed the half a million dollar mark for transition to veterans in Erie Shores healthcare uh, collectively. And I'm, I couldn't be more proud and happy to say that I'm, you know, from Windsor and, and thank you to everybody who's donated because it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's wild. And, and that 250 is in, in what, like a couple of years. Yeah. 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 I, I, it just, you know, when you, when you think of half a million, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of money and, and it's, it's humbling, you know, it yeah. really is. It, it really makes you sit back and just go, wow, obviously we're doing something that, that means something to somebody and to some, you know, some businesses. And, and obviously in the community, we've all been affected with somebody with cancer in one way, shape or another. Yeah. You know, I, I lost my dad in 2013 and my motivation to bring the ride back was I wasn't going to let my father, I wasn't going to let my, you know, what happened to my dad in Sarnia pass in a, in a hotel or a, sorry, a hospital room that looked like a hotel that was very mustard colored walls with a, a sheet that basically pulled down like a curtain that would swing around the bed with the swing out TV that looked like something from a 1970s motel. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and it was, there was no dignity in that. And, and those were the yeah. last, those were the last days of, of his life. And knowing what T2B does and what they've done for the oncology and palliative care on top of all the different programs that they do, it was a no-brainer. And, and, you know, if I can, and our group can to collectively do something to help families that are going through, um, you know, going through treatment or might be, you know, having to, to, to say goodbye to a loved one and their loved one is going to be in the oncology and palliative care uh, units at the hospitals that they're going to pass with some dignity and they're going to pass with, you know, with a little bit of, of, you know, relaxing, a relaxing setting. So, you know, I'll, I'm going to do this as, as long as I can walk and as long as my legs will go in a circular motion, I'll do this until the cows come home. Well, there's electric bikes now. You can always yeah, well, <laughs> need pedal assist. If you ever need pedal assist. That's, that's it. You know what? And there's also a thing called the motorcycle. So, <laughs> No, I, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the old fashioned way. Yep. You know, I, I, I do a lot of things in a, uh, in an old fashioned kind of, you know, they, they say we're creatures of habit and that's a, that's a very true statement for me. I mean, I, I paginate my magazine by folding papers in half and, and, and writing who goes where and what stories go where when I lay it out. And I mean, there's, there's a program, a computer program that you can do that. It's much more, it's much more professional, but I like it the way that I do it. So if I'm going to ride a bike, I'm going to ride a bike. There you go. I yeah. mean, yeah, just just incredible what uh, what you've been able to to achieve with this, and it's only getting bigger, like you mentioned. You. Yeah. Um, how how can people help if they're if they're watching right now? How can they push the donate button? So if you go to the Transition to Betterness website, which is www.t the letter t number two b t two b dot ca, 
Um, look for the Ride to Survive icon, click the icon, it'll bring you to the page where you can basically just, you can click there and donate to a team, an individual, um, or just donate anonymously to, to the event. Um, you know, every dollar helps. Every single dollar helps. We've had we've had five dollar donations. We've had four dollar donations. We've had, like I said, 10, 20, 25, 30 thousand dollar donations. So every dollar helps. One hundred percent of the money that we raise goes to T2B and the programs that T2B offer uh, through the different various hospitals in Windsor and Essex County. And then we're also doing some work with Erie Shores and Leamington uh, as Erie Shores, um, you know, they, they don't have a facility where um, cancer patients can, can get treatment chemo treatment so that now we're going to hopefully provide um, that room and that service so that patients don't have to travel to Windsor to get the type of treatment yeah. and you know it, it, it's it's gratifying beyond imagination like it's 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 an absolutely phenomenal feeling to be able to do this no doubt when is the the big day when are you riding so the ride for the general public uh, is September the 18th, which is Sunday. Um, we are leaving from Wolfhead Distillery. We've got a very, very user-friendly route. There are a few legs of the ride that people can do. So we can do 100 kilometers, which is the full, call it tour around our, our area. Um, and we'll have that all mapped out and everybody will have lanyards with the directions of where they have to go. They can do a 50 kilometer route or they can do what we call the fun ride, which is a 25 kilometer route. So that's leaving from Mushedri Winery back up to Wolfhead. The, the entry to get into to the ride is $50, but that also provides you with an award that provides you with um, you know, snacks in the beginning and breakfast, a luncheon, uh, a great meal at the end. Um, you know, we have entertainment, we have a tragically hit cover band coming in to Wolfhead. So it's gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna be um, you know, a, a very fun community event all around. Awesome. September 18th, it's a Sunday. Get out there if you're watching. If you can't, donate. Why not? Uh, every dollar counts and it's all going to transition to betterness. Uh, Dave, phenomenal conversation with you. You're extremely busy. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> when you sleep. Uh, I, I, I sleep at, <laughs> I usually get about six hours and I'm up by 4, 4.30 every, every morning. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's awesome what you're doing with, with, with the drive and, and uh, the ride to survive. It's inspiring. And I, I just happy to have you on. I, I really appreciate your time. And, you know, I hope, uh, I hope I can even make it out to the event on the 18th to support you. You're welcome. And you're welcome to join us. And, and thank you for the, for the interview. I mean, you're very, you're very good. And I told you before we started, I know I'm a, I'm a fan of the show and you, you're, you're going places. So keep doing what you're doing in the community and, and, and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. And to those watching, you can rewatch whenever you want coffeewithcraner.com. Make sure to go out and support Dave for the ride to survive. We'll see you soon. Bye everybody.